We're not real brothers, but we are sports brothers. And this week, Judge, we're here live. We're not cats. We've got Joey Logano getting ready for the Daytona 500. A field goal kicking robot. And are streakers in sports a good thing? Let's go. This is Sports Brothers, coming to your ear holes and eye holes from the Parish Healthcare Podcast Studio. Time for another episode of Sports Brothers. I'm Joe Kepner. He's Christian Brewey, and it's you know Wednesday, February 10th, and we're three days after the Super Bowl. That's where we're going to start today. General thoughts of the game. I know it's been rehashed. Right. People have gone over it so much, but now you've had three days to process what we saw. What'd you think? Just dominance. And I don't think we expected to see that. I expected a good I mean, game. I did, just not by the Bucks. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> you were on the wrong side as far as that goes. But just the fact that that defensive line against the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line that was banged up, we knew they were banged up. I just didn't know that the drop-off from their starters would be that drastic and that Patrick Mahomes would be running for his life the entire game. So a lot of credit goes to the athleticism and, and the talent of that Bucks defense. Obviously, Todd Bowles dialed up a ton of blitzes early on. And it would have been nice to see the MVP trophy go to someone on that side of the field. Devin White had 12 tackles, the interception. Yeah. If it was going to one of them on that side, it was would probably go to him. But the defensive unit as a whole deserves a ton of credit. Of course, early on, Brady made the plays that he needed to. Hadn't thrown to Gronk all that much in the playoffs. Then he gives him two touchdowns. That was interesting, too, that it's all the players that Brady as the quote-unquote GM on the side, was able to bring in. He goes to all those guys in the Super Bowl just to remind you how great he is, not only as a quarterback, but as this leader and a, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Legend? He is a legend. Yes. God? Just, and, and the way that he lured all that talent to Tampa Bay once he announced he was going there. Recruiter. Recruiter was He's the a word. Great recruiter. Yeah. No, you're right. You can and leave all that in. I don't know. So much gets talked about the offensive line. The defensive line for the Chiefs, to me, was the story of this game because they only pressured Brady on four of his 30 throws. You don't have to be a great quarterback. If you get that kind of time to just sit mm -hmm. back there and throw, and you do that with a legend like him, you're gonna he's going to pick you apart, and that's exactly what he did. And I don't understand how... If it's not working, if you're not getting pressure, send everybody if you have to. Because the Giants showed us years ago, that's the key to beating Brady in the Super Bowl. You yeah. pressure him, it's your only shot. And I'm not saying they would have won if they could have, but yeah. that is your only shot. And then, of course, the other big deal that, that gets made of it is the refs. And people keep saying that, yes, there were some iffy calls, but it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game. And that's what I disagree with is I'm not saying that the refs made calls that absolutely handed the win to 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 the Bucks, yeah. but two of those calls were game changing on third plays. down that then the Bucks kept the ball and then scored touchdowns a few plays later. Or you there was an interception. Those. The interception the was interception. on one. Yes. So yes. You don't have those and it's a completely different game. And look, the calls weren't egregious. They weren't, you know, like the the, the New Orleans Saints yes. call a few years ago, but they were calls that they were 50-50. The refs, we've seen refs look at a call just like that and keep the flag in their pocket 
And for some reason, in the first half of that game, every single one of those calls went against the Chiefs. And that sucks for the Chiefs because it is a different game if they have those calls in their pocket. And I also think it changed the way they played in the second half. Their secondary realized we can't keep getting these calls, yeah. and so they had to play looser. Yeah, I, I still think, though, that the way that they were pressuring Mahomes, I just don't know if they ever would have been able to score enough points. Yeah, you're probably right about that. And another question that comes up, did Tom Brady just get more likable by winning with a franchise that, yes, they've been successful, won a championship in 2002, but went through this just stretch, this drought, playoff drought. He comes in, wins, and also just, I think overall the Bucs are seen as this sad franchise, even with the 2002 championship before them, before that, knowing how poor they had been. I think he is. I think that leaving New England, seen as like this death star with Bill Belichick, the cheating scandals, now he comes to Tampa Bay and he's likable. I think Tom Brady, he doesn't have any problems, but his only (laughs) issue in that terms of likable is that he's not necessarily relatable, right? Because he's married to one of the most successful supermodels ever. He's incredibly successful as a professional athlete. He has his own brands. He wears Uggs. He kisses his son on the lips. It's it's all the stuff that's ever happened with him. I'm like, I don't I don't see any of me in that guy <laughs> at all, you know? And I don't know, maybe that says more about me than it does him. I don't know. But but coming to Tampa and reuniting with an old buddy, doing it again at 43 years old, yeah, I think it does make him, I don't know if it makes him more relatable, but yeah, I think it does make him more likable, especially because he's been on social media doing stuff. And the, I think the stories Robin were Gronk. fun. We kind of talked to with Jenna Lane about that, like yeah. getting thrown out of the park and yeah. walking into the wrong house. And those stories that have come out of this season definitely, I feel like, make him more likable. Also, being the drunk guy coming off a boat, needing your buddy to hold you up, that happened just minutes, <laughs> hours ago uh, before we're recording this. He was at the boat parade that they did in Tampa Bay to celebrate the championship, and he looked roasted. Yes. Yes. That is the first time I've ever seen Tom Brady get <laughs> faced, and he was <laughs> faced. And, and fa- I don't know if that's part of the TB12 program, right? Like, he's it only takes a couple beers. just drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't had alcohol in so long, and it was probably like one shot, and he was done. Um, but, but throwing no, the trophy. Yeah, he throws the trophy to Gronkowski, and – He's pretty far away, but yeah. then I thought about it. The trophy's only $10,000. He's already got six others. What does he care if he You're loses right. one, right? He could replace it. Bruce Arians would have been swimming like, yes. this is my yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, also, what a year for dudes in like their early 40s. And, and what, a, I guess, couple years. Because you had Tiger Woods win the Masters. Then you had Ryan Newman not die. And then you had Tom Brady win the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. all of them are 42, 43 years old. Kind of a run of like the biggest events in sports have been happening with guys the in old like guy. not quite. The old guy winning. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Gen Xers are kind of taking over. And I then guess. us as a, like 36, 37-year-olds, yeah. and we're, we're young. We're 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 about to hit our prime. Yes, that's the way I see six, it. Six seven years. I'll be winning the green us. jacket. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Let's get to the sports brothers of the week, and we'll stick kind of with the Super Bowl. Of course, that's the biggest event that just happened in sports. I'm going to go with Antoine Winfield Jr. I love when dudes talk shit and they do it just magnificently, and I think Antoine Winfield did that. On Sunday night, throwing up the deuces to Tyreek Hill at the end of the game. He remembered week 12, Tyreek flashed his signature move up at him right before backflipping 
fucking bat flipping <laughs> into the end zone. Tyreek didn't get a 15-yard penalty for that, but Winfield did. That's a different conversation. That's a stupid rule. But, man, pulling that out at the very end of the game when you know Tyreek can't say, hey, we still got another half to play. No. Very end of the game, deuces, peace, have fun back in Kansas City. We just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right. It is a dumb rule because if there's one thing that the players will police themselves, it's it's trash talking, right? right? Like, they will know when they've hit their limit because they will have a helmet flying into their head, you know? Like, And maybe, I guess the sport doesn't really want that, you know? You don't want them policing it that way, but let them trash talk a little bit. Maybe set some limits there. But if you can do it, and backflip into the end zone, and that yeah. doesn't get you any penalty. <laughs> that is right there shows you the offense has all the advantages. Even in trash talking, yeah. they have the advantage in the NFL right now. Well, there is. I, I don't know if there are grades of trash talking, but if you're running away from a guy and there's some distance and you flash the piece versus like getting right up in his face with it, yeah. one of those is going to get a stronger reaction than the other. And I True. think. Yeah, so maybe that's why you get the flag in that situation. Antoine Winfield did say, the taunting man, it's something I just had to do. It felt amazing to do that. I'm not even going to lie. And he did that while he had, like, awesome Oakley skiing sunglasses <laughs> sideways on his head with a bottle of champagne in front of him. It, it was a great image. Yeah, and then you had Teron Matthew and Brady going at it, too, <sighs> trash-talking. I, I, I want to know what was said, because apparently Brady apologized, texted him and apologized hmm. for whatever he said. Yeah, I don't Man, it had to be bad if he was willing to apologize. The Honey Badger is a bad nickname. I don't like. There's, I don't know what he had to have said. You're short. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what he could have said. All right, moving on. Next sports brother of the week. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes, the loser of the Super Bowl, because throws for about 200 yards, two interceptions, completes fewer than 50% of his passes. He is the only quarterback I've ever seen do that and have his legend actually grow and get better. Because all anybody's talking about is how incredible Patrick Mahomes was with some of those throws where he's, he's vertical, falling down, and he slings a perfect spiral 30 yards that hits a guy in the helmet. And if his teammates had been as exceptional as he was, they might have had a chance to win that Super Bowl. Because he ran for nearly 500 yards just running around trying to yeah. get somebody open um, and then also this stat I love this stat as far as anyone knows that is the first time in his life at any level that his team has scored fewer than 10 points yeah. that's incredible and I know obviously like in high school you get a guy like him you're going to run up the score on everybody but in college but Texas Tech they scored a ton of points they just yeah. Got a ton of points scored on him as well. Yeah. I want to know, who's the guy who measures how much he runs? Like, are you like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> ten steps. Okay, about, you know, probably about he four, probably had three like a, feet. A Fitbit but, tracker or something yeah, on him. But I, I thought that was an, a crazy stat of just, he was constantly having to get out of the pocket. Obviously, yeah. throwing the one while he's diving Matrix style. And, of course, it goes off the guy's face mask. Yeah. Um, just... He, Incredible, the plays that he made, and wow, I don't know what else to say. It was just we, we absurd. We will be talking about it. I know people make that joke that, like, like the, the annoying people talking about sports will be 30 years from now, they'll be asked, what's the best play you ever saw in the Super Bowl? And they'll say, it was an incompletion. Yeah. It was Patrick <laughs> Mahomes not completing a pass. And honestly, they're like... It's lame, and you can ignore people who say that, but there is some truth to it. Like, I've never seen that before. It was incredible, and I just wish they would have caught that pass because it would have been one of the greatest plays in NFL history. And then I think this game would have had 
a play like the David Tyree catch, even though it's not on a winning drive or something, just, yeah, for that to be completed as a touchdown. And if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm still getting that picture blown up put on a wall, even though I lost the Super Bowl, oh, yeah. of me like throwing it like that. Maybe if I'm just a Chiefs fan, I guess Patrick Mahomes probably has plenty of pictures yeah. of him hoisting the actual trophy from last year. I just want to go out enjoys. and see like a bunch of kids at the park trying to emulate Patrick right. Mahomes <laughs> by doing that and like tearing Looking their like an idiot yeah. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. All right, next up for me is Kevin Harlan, the Woo! radio broadcaster of the Super Bowl for this. 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks the tackle from the security guard. The 20, down the middle of the 10, the 5. He hides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants. Take off the bra and be a man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Kevin Harlan, he's kind of become the guy who calls the streakers in big games. He called the black cat when it came onto the field at MetLife Stadium. And for me, I got to give him credit because this went viral. It kind of always does when he calls a streaker, he calls the cat. It's disappointing to me, though, because he, I think, is one of the best play by play announcers in all of sports. And he's kind of behind the Joe Bucks and the Jim Nances. Yeah. But Kevin Harlan deserves uh, to be on that upper echelon. And now I think he's known more for the sticky, oh, he's the guy that called the bra, you know, the streaker at the Super Bowl, or he called the cat. But man, when he does get into it, it's perfect. Yeah. It's so good. And we live in a world now with social media that there's almost more value in being that guy than being the, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the standard play caller, you know? So. That that's very cool. I I listen to that call and I think he is at the same time proud of this man for streaking in the Super Bowl and also disgusted by the entire action. And you hear it in his voice because yeah. he he gives him credit. He's like, "Is it the thirty? The twenty? That's pull up your pants, my man. You know, <laughs> be a man. Be a man." <laughs> yeah, I mean, his finish to that call was better than Jim Nance's and Tony Romo's finish to the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah, we talked about that. They get to the end of that, and Romo was just like stumbling and, over yeah, himself, rambling. He didn't have anything prepared for that, and I think Nance was like waiting for him to shut up so he could <laughs> say what he wanted. It too, you got to give the moment some gravitas. Shut the f- up, Tony. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's your next one? Okay. All right. So my next one is also football related, but it's Mark Rober. And if you recognize that name, you probably know him from a couple years ago. He's the guy that had that viral video of the glitter bomb package that he would set on his porch and people would steal it and it would explode in his car. Well, he makes incredible videos with science and physics and chemistry. Uh, He's also a former NASA engineer, but his latest video dropped this week. He built a football kicking robot, and then he went head-to-head with Matt Prater, former UCF kicker, now kicks for the the Detroit Lions, and he holds the NFL record at 64 yards. And that robot was wearing a Ray Finkel jersey, (laughs) which made it so much better. It was. Yeah. And hit one from 84 yards away. And then they showed in another video that that robot is capable of kicking a field goal from 105 yards. And Until the leg flew off of the robot. Yeah. The leg breaks off. I don't want to spoil the whole video, but the way 
way the the ball compresses when it gets hit by yeah. that two tons of torque or whatever, it's incredible. It's just such. I love his videos because my kids love his videos. Yeah. And they sit there and watch something about science for twenty minutes, and it's it's fantastic. But then also he's a sports brother because before he let the robot kick, he kicked yeah. a few. And he hit one from 40 yards away. And Almost then 45. Barefoot from 45, he drills, he doinks it off the crossbar. So here's a NASA engineer that's capable of hitting a 45-yard field goal. And sometimes people, like, pick one, man. Be good yeah. at one thing. Don't be good at everything. So this took me back. I in sixth grade we had a science fair. Every kid had to do you know the science fair project with the th- trifold big cardboard thing. And I loved sports and w- wanted to do something about you know what temperature of the footballs did you need to get it to to see a, a difference? Because when it's colder, usually the balls would not be you know, as inflated, so they wouldn't go as far. If they were heated up a little more, they would, you know, the air would expand and the ball may go further. So my dad, working with someone, I think it was some guy who hunted, had a skeet shooter. We turned it sideways. <laughs> my dad's a large animal vet, so he had like this wooden shoe that they would use for animals or something. We put that on the end of the skeet shooter and we were kicking the balls like a robot. Like it looked just like that. I didn't win. Did I didn't even get. Win? I didn't even get top five. Like top five or ten got to go to Kennedy Space Center. I was furious. I think I cried. I was so pissed off. Do you remember what won? Some like thing with a rat, you know, like racing uh, through a maze, lame. stuff like that. It is funny. One of my friends walked by, and I mean, it was like a big metal skeet shooter sideways. There was some rust. Uh, this friend of ours walked by and got cut on their leg by like one piece of metal that was sticking out. I think had to get a tetanus shot from my science project (laughs) during the science fair. So yeah, that that guy really, that that was a fun flashback there. Yeah, no, it's it's an incredible video. Everybody should definitely go watch. And the squirrel one he does is awesome. The the squirrel one. Yeah. Watch his whole catalog, (laughs) man. It's, it's legendary stuff. And then he's got a website with a bunch of cool stuff on it too. Yeah, definitely give that guy your attention and some money because he earned it. All right. That it for the sports brothers? I think so. Do we want to do degenerate brothers? Because we've concluded. We've concluded, and it's Super Bowl related, so we might as well do that first, and then we'll have the interview with Joey Logano, which you really should stick around for. He was he was fantastic, a really yeah, funny was, guy. And um, yeah, I'll just tell you how degenerate brothers went. Went well. Yeah. Oh, it went so good. So uh, good in my bones. I was up for like the last two months. I feel like of the football season, and three and seven. With all the picks, I had the main pick correct. I had the Bucks, but the rest of the props really screwed me over. Three and seven overall on the Super Bowl picks. Joe went five and five, ends up winning by what? What were the final tallies? So I, after the entire season, I picked 52 correct, 57 wrong, and three push. You were 51 correct and 58 <laughs> wrong and three. So I win by one. You were up by one going into the Super Bowl. <sighs> And I win by one. And honestly, though, I was actually really close in some of these others for the uh, the the props and stuff. Like heads or tails? I picked tails. I was really close to <laughs> getting were, heads. You were. We were close. But I, I saw something like 90% of the money was on heads in one sp- – or on tails on one sports book. And so I'm convinced that tails never fails yeah. is just something that bookmakers made up. And then they had Leonardo DiCaprio incept it into our brains – and so we've all just... So we all know. Yep, it's tells never fails. Tells never fails. Got to go with it. <laughs> Got to bet and, that. And, yep. And Vegas knows. And they're going to somehow manipulate the coin flip to be heads every time now. They manipulate everything else. Yeah. 
All right, so congratulations. I'll get you some beer. Sweet. Let me know what you want. <laughs> God, that stings. Oh, it should sting. It hurts. The Daytona 500, though, is this weekend. They're actually got two straight weeks in Daytona. They'll have the road course race next weekend as well. But great to have Joey Logano on, 2018 uh, Cup Series champion, 2015 Daytona 500 winner, and we asked him a bunch of weird shit. So here he is, Joey Logano. All right, we are hanging out with Joey Logano, the Daytona 500 this weekend. And, Joey, I want to start off with a real tough one. When you're in town, what's your favorite place to eat? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> there's a few good restaurants around here. And, uh, you know, my, my favorite is probably the garlic. Oh, yes, that is a good that's one. Good. That's a Ooh, fan that's favorite. A that's a fan favorite. So, yeah, good. Was, you got yeah. through the first tough one. All right, yeah. you're up, Joe. I think you nailed it. Okay. <laughs> So, all right, so you were the 2009 Rookie of the Year. You win the Daytona 500 in 2015, yeah. right? And then in 2018, you win the whole Cup Series. Which, in your mind, is the biggest accomplishment of your career? I mean, you got to say the championship. Um, you know, Daytona 500 is big, don't get me wrong, but the championship is, is what we all fight for. Um, that takes all year long to get there, um, you know, and, and it's really the ultimate, right? And, and, and just like any other sport, right, you're measured a lot of times by championships. Uh, so that one probably takes the cake by a long shot. So you got so close a couple years prior, missed out on the playoff the year 2017. What was the celebration like? We saw the boat parade in Tampa just now. Tom Brady was having to be helped off a boat. They're throwing the trophy around. What was the celebration like? Maybe that we didn't see uh, on TV. Uh, we had a great time. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> um, so we had a few celebrations, which was great. <laughs> It's the first time, you know, when you typically go to a, a, a sports banquet, like a postseason banquet, uh, it's usually like the worst night of the year because you got to sit there and watch the team that won. Yeah. You know, and then you're sitting there, it's like the, the biggest kick in you know what, right? Because you're sitting there watching this other person celebrate and have the time of their life, and you're just mad that you didn't win. Um, well, it's roles reverse. When you win the championship, <laughs> it is the best. <laughs> the best time. Uh, we all had a great time. The whole team was out there. Uh, boy, we had a, a bunch of people. We just had some fun and um, spent a couple of nights out in Vegas. So it was a good day. I've always thought the worst obligation in sports is that champions breakfast they do the next day after the Daytona 500 because you just win the biggest race of your life. You're obviously going out and partying, and then you have to be back and like clear-eyed and ready to answer questions at 7 a.m. the next day. I just that, that's yeah. awful. Horrible idea. <laughs> I I when we won the Daytona 500, I said. Whose idea was this? Like, this is no. <laughs> this is We're running out like three hours of sleep. It's that. Uh, this is this is bad for everybody. No one's going to get a good anything out of this. So, yeah, it's important to um, maybe move that back a couple hours would be nice. At least nine. That'd yeah. Nine. The champion's lunch, you know? Yeah, exactly. Least, yeah. exactly. Champion's brunch, oh, oh, something. Brunch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like the brunch. I, I want to go off the beaten path again as well. So your wife, Brittany, according to an article I found out about you, is you met at an ice skating rink. You can tell me if this is all wrong, but you were on the Zamboni. Was that like a side gig you had, and were you driving it, or how did this all work? Yes, I was driving the Zamboni. I worked at an ice rink extreme ice center and uh, she skated and then she also worked in the concession stand. So that was kind of uh, my deal. I'd go out and cut the ice and then I'd help her cook the French fries. Uh, <laughs> we were... And uh, yeah, that was it. And then I, I may have creeped on her work schedule to make sure I had the same work schedule, you know, so uh, I don't know if is that creepy and kind of stalkerish. No, I think it's it. it you were pursuing. Yes. Yeah. I was persistent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to put in some effort. Otherwise, it's never going to happen yes, for you. Yes, exactly. Right. 
exactly. So yeah, yeah just, there is a fine line, though, between effort and creepy. You're yeah. right about that, though. Yeah, for sure. I, I was pulling at the edge. Yeah. And, <laughs> and speaking of creepy, you've been doing these workouts on social media. Just kidding. Not creepy. But uh, the United <laughs> We Move workouts. Are, are you the most ripped driver in NASCAR now? I don't know if I'm the most ripped. Uh, you know what it is? Uh, we don't need to be super ripped or strong uh, to drive a race car. You need to have endurance. You need to be able to do something for a very long time. Right? Everything I do is high rep. I try to work out outside as much as I can, to be honest with you. In the heat of the day, I'll go out when it's 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon and work out then. Because there, you want to train in the conditions that you compete in. Um, and the closest thing we have to 140 degrees temperature is when it's 100 degrees outside, you work out on the asphalt, right? That's the, that's the closest thing to it. Um, you know, and that's how you get your body used to it and, and, and things like that. And I have a great partnership with Planet Fitness uh, and been doing a lot of work in. Because right? fitness is so important to, to our lifestyle, right? Everybody's, right? You feel more physically fit. You're more mentally, you know, confident. Um, you know, and it just kind of snowballs in the right direction. Um, so, uh, we've done a lot of work in. We've done a workout to work it in because of the pandemic. Uh, so we've done a few videos. It's been fun. So you, it's no secret you've been in a few tussles. Do these workouts help possibly if there's another one of those in the future? <laughs> I need to maybe include some boxing. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Who, who's the one driver on in the series that you would not want to fight? And I'm not saying you have beef with anybody, but just who would you not want to get in a fight with? I, oh, man. Um I feel like Newman will probably be the one that you don't want to fight because he's huge. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if, if he lands a punch, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. I feel like I can get him on the agility side. He might be hard to catch me. But if he gets a hold of me, it's game over. So, you, you need the rope-a-dope. you got to go yeah. the old Muhammad Ali rope-a-dope like he did with George Foreman. Um, also, he took a car to the side upside yeah. down and walked out of the hospital three days later. So I think that shows how <laughs> tough Ryan Newman is. Looking at that, seeing that wreck and him yeah. walking out and him back in the car now, what does it tell you about the safety of NASCAR and where it's come from, obviously, what happened 20 years ago at the track you're at right now? You, you go a few years and you start to think everything's you know, really safe, and then something like that happens with Ryan Newman and being this close to, to ending his life, right? I mean, that's... That's the fact of what it was. And, you know, yeah, it's scary. Of course that's scary. Uh, you know what I mean? If you're human, you would probably admit that, you know, or if you're not, you're probably lying to yourself. Um, but, you know, we do everything we possibly can before we strap into our race cars to make sure our, our seats, our helmets, our belts, our Hans, you know, your fireproof stuff, everything is the best it possibly can. NASCAR does a great job at, you know, improving our cars, right? Every time there's a crash like that, well, guess what? Now we have a few more bars right around our head um, that, that we didn't have in the Daytona 500 last year. Um, so there's improvements, right? There was a weakness in the, in the car structure there. There is a very abnormal impact uh, that happened to Newman's car. And, um, you know, because of that, we all learned a lot. And thankfully, uh, you know, we, we saw Ryan walk out of the hospital a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, I remember that feeling sitting on the airplane that night thinking that we just lost one of our, our friends, you know, and, and, and um, you know, it, that's a gut-wrenching feeling, you know. It's really just a hard, hard feeling, but uh, but also a happy moment when you see him and he jumps back in the race car and life's good, right? So, uh, you just, uh, it's a risk that we all know we're assuming a little bit, and just like sport, right? I mean, look at the NFL, right? I mean, you're, you're getting blasted every play, uh, you know, that's, that's tough stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's just kind of what, what competition is at a high level. Can you ever really feel safe driving at 200 miles per hour? Is that possible? Because I go like 80 and I'm screaming in my car. <laughs> Not really. 
<laughs> I can tell you one thing. Crash your car going 80 down the highway, you're going to be hurting a lot more than me going 200 miles an hour, most likely. Yeah. Uh, these cars are made for it. You know, we, we have all the stuff there. I've crashed on the highway one time, and I know I was way more sore than I ever have been inside a race car. Um, just because, you know, we have all the things ready there for us. Your body's not flying around the whole cockpit, right? I mean, you're, you're you know, condensed in a, in a seat, and you're strapped in. you got a helmet. Like I said, you got all the stuff. Uh, whereas, you know, you're driving down the highway. Uh, to me, it's a quite the risky play sometimes because, you know, the, the, yes, cars are crashes, you know, they, they test them and all that, but, you know, it's just not the same as the race car. Let's ask about actually what we're here for, the Daytona 500 this yeah. weekend. Uh, what do you, how are you feeling going into this race? Of course, 2015 you won. You, you have that, and I'm sure in the back of your mind at all times, but what are you thinking going into this one? Yeah, I mean, it's the Daytona 500, biggest race of the year, such a huge deal to win, right? And we touched on that, but the you know, the, the intensity of what the race is because everybody knows what's on the line is just insane out there. Especially the closing laps, the last 25, 30 laps, just becomes chaos. If someone has a run, they either take it or they run in the back of the car in front of them. And eventually when there's big moves like that and, and then big blocks on top of all that, uh, a car is going to get turned in the middle of the field, right? And it's going to, you know, you're going 200 miles an hour. How do you stop? Those things are going to happen. So, uh, you know, you hope to be in front of it or be able to avoid it, but you got to be in the mix if you want to win. You got to be in the middle of that pack. You got to be trying to get yourself up to the lead. You got to be aggressive, and the risk you take is that you might get caught up in one of those crashes. Last one, real quick. Okay, we got a quick rapid fire for you. Okay, so just quickest answer you can give me. Uh, what's your favorite track? Uh, Bristol. Okay, what favorite current driver other than yourself? I don't have any. Okay. <laughs> favorite, <laughs> favorite NASCAR legend? Um, boy, probably Richard Petty. Probably. This is because I've gotten to know him a little bit. All right. And your favorite child? Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I see how you tried to trick me there. Yeah. <laughs> They're all great, right? They're all great. They're all great. They're all great equally. Well, you congratulations on that and Jameson, too. Thank you, Hudson Jameson. You know, the, the older one right now is because you can do more things, ends up being more fun at the moment. Yeah. But Jameson's catching up. He's starting to, you know, have a little emotion. He's only nine months, so things are starting to get more fun. Yeah, uh, they don't they don't tell you that. They don't tell you how boring those kids are at first. You know, <laughs> you love them. They're beautiful. They're great, but they're kind of boring. All right. Well, Joey, well, we're running out of time. So. Can't sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Joey. Good luck this week. All right. Thanks. Talk to you soon. So Joey Logano, great sense of humor. He can yeah. come on the podcast anytime. He's a official sports brother now, I think. And we didn't have time though. Uh, sliced bread is his nickname. <sighs> it was given to him by Randy LaJoy, a former NASCAR driver. And the reason why they thought when he was coming up, he was so young, he was the best thing since sliced bread. Horrible nickname. Yeah, it's not. And I good. think he's kind of gotten away from it. They don't really call him that anymore. Yeah. But you had some ideas. We I just did. didn't get to. I, I wanted to test these to him. I, he drives the 22 car, so I thought Double Deuce would be a good one. Yeah. Um, the Millennial Monster from Middleton. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> where he's from. It's a little long. A little it is. Long. <laughs> but I like it. Yeah, he's from Middleton. Or he's, according to Wikipedia, who knows? <laughs> he's probably never been to Middleton, <laughs> uh, Connecticut. Um, and then my favorite, and I really think this one will stick, J-Log. <laughs> J-Log <laughs> is good. I had one that popped into my head after I read that story of him meeting his now wife while he was the Zamboni driver at an ice skating rink. And I think he should just go with the Zamboner. The Zamboner. <laughs>
<laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. Coming around turn four, the Zamboder <laughs> wins the Daytona 500. We, uh, you heard us also talking about the Ryan Newman wreck from last year. Um, if you if you haven't watched that in a while, go back and watch that wreck because I saw it a hundred times when it happened. Yeah. Went back and watched it earlier this week. It's it's so gnarly. Uh, just the way his car shreds and then bursts into flames. And I actually had a chance to talk to one of the first responders from Halifax Health in Daytona that is friends with him, has known him for years, um, and went to the hospital and, and helped the team work on him there. And then she was also in the infield care center when Dale Earnhardt died. And just hearing her talk about all of that, and, and being there for both of those wrecks and the feelings and yeah. and just the emotions that were going through all that night because it was it was for two hours that night we thought that that he had died and then we got the first update that said that he was in the hospital and and you're thinking okay well worst best case scenario he's never getting in a race car right again. and then it turns out no he was okay you know he, like, I'd love the part he walked out with those shoes on she was like just yeah. wear shoes <laughs> she's like Ryan put some shoes on he's like no <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it just that that was one of the most heartwarming photos of of 2020. Yes, was him walking out holding his daughter's hands and just realizing like this dude's going to be okay. And then he was in a race car again, just I think a month and a half later. Wild, uh, absolutely amazing. So I did a whole story on that. You can find it on my social media. But yeah, great story there. And they are miracle workers. And yeah. I think the people also who design these cars now to withstand those sort of impacts miracle workers as well and uh looking forward to the race this weekend sometimes i think about it though and i'm like we could have th th there's clearly safety devices in these nascar vehicles and indycar and all these things like we could have much safer harnesses or devices in our cars and the reason we don't that I can think of is just sheer laziness. Like we wouldn't want to put on a five point harness, yeah, but you put it on your kid. You yeah. You put one on your kid <laughs> until they're a certain age. And then they're like, best of luck kid. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of strange that like there's all the safety devices out yes. there. We don't use any of them because like who the hell wants to do that? It was hard enough just getting people to put their seatbelts on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But the cost is part of it, especially yeah. with the extents that they go to, but you're right. Like the five point harness wouldn't be that, Difficult. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe uh, maybe I'll ask for one in my next vehicle. There Whatever I buy, I'll be like, can you guys throw in a Hans device? <laughs> yeah. All a right. roll cage. All right, that it? We good? We're going to get out on dad jokes? Let's do it. All right, go All right, for so it. Have you been to one of these rock climbing places? The other day I went, and the guy above me just kept farting, and it was by far the worst ascent I've ever had to deal with. <laughs> nice. Took you a while to get to it, but uh, I like where it ended up. All right. Yeah, I got a little NASCAR joke. Why does Matthew McConaughey not like NASCAR? Because they only turn all left, all left, all left. Oh, nice. I knew it was something all right, all right, all right. Yeah, well, I rewrote it from the way it was on online because I thought mine was better. Okay, yeah, well done. All well right. Done. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and rate, and review, and all that good stuff. We appreciate you. All right, we'll see you next time.